Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Jaron Miller, and welcome to the Classic Series Redrive. Check them up. Let's get started. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to episode number eight here on The Redrive. Hope everybody's having a great week. Joining me, uh, we're back here at the uh, Reinhold Tack and Western Wear Studio, of course, with uh, Mr. Uh, Logan Reinhold, producer and uh, audio and producer. Um, Mark Hostetler, co-host here today. What's uh, what's new in the uh, world of the Classic Series, Mark? Uh, well, the um, judge nominations were sent out. Uh, for to vote for the judges' finals, uh, the finals judges, I should say, and that voting ends May sixteenth. So you um, have still have a few days to get your votes in, and this is pretty important. Um, not just you know if you're not even going to qualify for the finals, but uh, this is your you know your privilege as uh, being a paid member. You can vote on finals judges and uh, help shape the finals and the industry. Um, vote for somebody on that nomination list that you would like to see get the job. And once again, uh, we had a really good turnout with nominations. I believe we had 178 people nominate judges this year and only 76 last year. So that was really good. The participation in that was great. So I'd like to see uh, as a board, you know, we'd really like to to push this to get as many members voting as we could on these finals judges. So you still have uh, three, four days for judges voting. Also, the uh, Drive 6 clothing, the new clothing line, the Drive 6 clothing, um, limited time only. You can go to the uh, North American Classic Series 6 Horsage website, which uh, they changed their domain name to drive6.com, D-R-I-V-E-S-I-X.com. Go to their website and uh, check out all the brand new, the fresh merch on there, the Drive 6 clothing, and you have until May 14th uh, through May. May 14th um, to get that as well. Also, Mark, uh, you're still looking for some youth uh, scholarship uh, applications as well, correct? Yeah, we've had some come in, but we'd like to see a little bit more participation in that as well. Um, You have till June 15th as a deadline to um, get your applications in for your scholarships. And once again, this isn't just a um, uh, scholarship to a four-year college. This is if you want to go to a tech school or anything equine-related dentistry a chiropractic or whatever, you can uh, put in your application. Everything's online and uh, look for that grant and uh, scholarships because this is what it's all about is the young people in the industry. So be sure to take advantage of that. And we still have a few uh, kind of the next uh, events coming up here in the draft horse industry. We got the uh, Can-Am Clydesdale auction coming up May 28th through the 29th in Shipshawana, Indiana. Uh, I believe their tax sale and preview meet and greet social uh, Friday the 28th horse sale, Saturday the 29th. And then uh, Seymour draft horse sale June 3rd through the 5th in Topeka, Indiana. They have their preview uh, Thursday evening the 3rd. Studs and Gelding sell the 4th. Phillies Mares sell on the 5th. I believe they have uh, two, 270 some head of horses, so big sale there. A um, few of the upcoming events. Uh, show season is right around the corner. I believe we're just three weeks away uh, from the first show. Yeah, out in Colorado. Um, where is it? That Westcliff, Colorado? I, no, that's where Enos lives. That's where Grand Enos Junction. Lives. Grand, Grand Junction. Grand Junction. Thanks, Kyle. Sorry. And um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly how many hitches are going, Kyle. You might might know, but this is the beginning of the push for the summer for points. Yeah, I think maybe a dozen hitches hooked the six three times, and uh, and then shortly after uh, we'll be moving into the the Boone Show. Uh, it's going to fire up here in what about a, less than a month now. So you're three three weeks away from from the Colorado Show, and then four weeks from Boone County. Expecting thirty plus sixes, I believe, at Boone County. Big turnouts uh, kicking off the summer series, and then uh, from there they go to Wilmington. So we're just isn't there another show out in Colorado as well? Kyle? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know uh, how many hitches are going to go to the second one. Uh, um, obviously, with the Boone show, I think it falls on the same date. So I think Tim and Dean and, and Enos and some of them are going to be in Grand Junction, and then they're going to move on to the Boone show. But, uh, yeah, there is a second show in Craig, Colorado, I, I do believe. And and then um, there's a few more out west here, I, I think, towards the, the end of June. Um, there's Deer Lodge, Montana, and uh, – 
Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, North, Dri- uh, North Idaho Draft Horse Association. That's kind of the end of the June, first part of July. And then I believe the entries opened up for the Calgary Stampede too here uh, this week. Very good. So, yeah, we're just, you know, right around the corner from, uh, like I said, people getting uh, real busy and getting back on the road in the swing of things. So I just want to wish everybody uh, good luck to that and uh, have a, you know, safe summer. And and uh, so we'll see you down the road. But, Kyle, uh, this episode here, we uh, we had the opportunity to sit down uh, with uh, Steve Gregg. Yeah, Steve Gregg, just a true legend in the industry, honestly. Uh uh, I don't want to date him too much, but yeah, I mean, just been around for years and and done a fantastic job with everything he he does in the industry. Uh, and at the in the episode, we talked a little bit about him uh, taking horses to the Clyde sale, and and he did it again. He topped the topped the Clyde sale with a mare that he talks about in the episode here. So uh, I hope everybody enjoys this episode. At uh, uh, Steve, one thing about Steve, he's a good storyteller, so uh, should should be a good one, good one to listen to. The Redrive is also brought to you by Topeka Livestock Auction and Topeka Draft Horse Auction. Three great draft horse auctions to choose from throughout the year. You have the Spring Draft Horse Sale, the Seymour Draft Horse Sale, and the Fall Topeka Draft Horse Auction. For more information, follow them on Facebook or their website, TopekaLivestock.com. The next draft horse auction coming up is the Seymour Draft Horse Sale, which is June 3rd through the 5th. Joining us now is uh, Kyle Forsyth, joining us from his home in Idaho via Zoom call. And uh, a new daddy, they just, uh, Kyle and Marsha just had another little baby girl. Kyle, um, everything go good? How's the baby? Mama, everybody healthy? Yeah, everything went fantastic. Uh, just just a tremendous broodmare, really. Uh, she's a keeper. Yeah, she <laughs> she's does healthy, baby's know. healthy. Everything went wonderful. You had very little to do with it. But uh, also joining yeah, us. I, honestly, I was holding on to her hand when she was in labor. And I'd shot a horse earlier that day. And I mean, I scrubbed my hands with a wire brush in the shower before I took her to the hospital. And she, all I heard was, you stink like beep, beep, hoof back. <laughs> also joining us from uh, Ontario, Canada, we are very excited to have Mr. Steve Gregg on the phone. Uh, Steve has judged the biggest shows in the country in all breeds. Uh, he's shown uh, many a world champion in the Clydesdale breed and, and actually all breeds. And uh, we're excited that he's on here uh, joining us from his home up there in Ontario. So, well, Steve, what's going on in the, uh, the horse business? up there your way right now you get working on any sale horses or anything going on like that yeah logan we are well i have three horses entered in the national clyde sale here at the end of april uh which is coming up pretty quick another couple of weeks a week and a half we'll be heading there with them but uh now as far as the showing obviously this covid thing's put a little bit of a uh, hold on things here in in ontario we didn't have any shows last year well we haven't actually had any since it's since covid but we're hoping for some this this fall or i don't know if there'll be much in the summer but hopefully this fall we'll be we'll be you know rolling again and showing as much as we can the border is a bit of an issue crossing well it is right now until hopefully it needs to open up or relax some rules to be able to go stateside to show but um anyways we can just hope that it it, uh, it you know comes together and we're able to get at it again this summer and fall right and uh, you still doing a lot of shoeing well i'm doing some not not near like i used to but some days it's too much doesn't matter if it's only a little but anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh yeah i still do i do I, I do some i'm not near as busy we farm a little more than we used to too so um we're easy to stay busy and trying to just back off on the shooting some now it's been quite a lot of years at it now so farming's a little You're easier saying, on the uh, earlier on the phone that uh it's you're coming up to the 40th anniversary uh of your shoeing career give us a little <laughs> bit of give us a little bit of history on yourself <laughs> yeah i just thought of this the other day and i'm like gee then you feel this old anymore but i guess it happens but yeah i actually graduated i went to shooting school in olds alberta at the olds college there for one year and i uh, graduated in end of april in 81 so in another couple of weeks it will be 40 years since i 
kind of started on my not sure how that 40 years went so fast, but anyways, it did. So, so what, so what, Steve, you graduated from old. So you, what, you were like, what, 10 years old when you started chewing? <laughs> no, <laughs> actually it was about 18, I think, or 19, 18, probably. So or 19, maybe that year, Yeah, right out of high school. Anyways, that's what I thought I should go to do is take the shoeing course. There's been a few days I wondered why, but. <laughs> Anyways, can't complain. It's been good to me over the years. Did you immediately come back and, and do mainly draft horses or were you, did you kind of start out shoeing all kinds of horses or? Uh, yeah, I had nothing and everything, anything you get for work. A lot of saddle horses at the start, but I do remember when I, I come back on like a Friday or Saturday, whatever, the end of a week from school. And on Monday, I was at Ross Young's place, which is a guy that, oh, he's passed away now that showed Belgian horses years ago in our area here and I was shooting at his place on the Monday morning. So that was kind of probably the first job, but anyways, uh, at the first few years or three or four years were obviously kind of whatever you could get. And it was mostly, uh, draft horses in the area, but lots of saddle horses too. But then I, you know, kind of swung to the draft horse side of it for most of the time. I always shot 25 or 30 light saddle horses around the area, but it's still do a few, but, um, but it's been generally draft horses. Yeah. We would like to thank Shipshawana Harness and Supply in Shipshawana, Indiana. Mr. Bob Schrock, if you're looking for products for the show ring or at the farm from A to Z, anything you need, horse nutrition, tack, you name it, make sure you check them out, ShipshawanaHarness.com. Follow them on Facebook or visit their shop in beautiful Shipshawana Amish country Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 4 p.m., and Saturday, 8 a.m. till 12 noon. Call Mr. Bob Schrock, 260-768-7254 for all your draft horse needs. And then from there, did you? is that when you kind of started and, and did uh, Harry and Thelma Fars hitch and, and yeah. doing some Clydes and stuff? Or? Yeah, well, we always show Clydes on our our own here like we uh actually i'm third generation actually with the clydes my grandfather they said started in 1929 was showing and then my parents did a little bit her dad and uncle and that then and so we just kind of carried it on with the clydes but uh um yeah the, with far as i didn't start there till the fall of uh 89 i think it was so yeah i helped harry for about 20 years with the belgians and, and mainly just at the shows and then, you know, whatever, I was still shooting and then go in there and just mainly take them to shows and helping them some days in between and bringing some horses here occasionally to work on. But, but, uh, it was, a well, it was a pretty good goal for a while with Harry. He's a great guy to work for. And then after that, you kind of partnered up with, uh, uh, Alan Knobloch, Mary and Alan and, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alan and uh, or the Knobloch from Illinois uh, are a tremendous family, and they they started into the Clydes. Uh, I don't know where it'd be now. It's probably going to be twenty years, but or fifteen years ago or twenty. And they um, were looking for mares, and they bought two or three here and there. And then uh, I got to know them, sold them a few horses, and then got uh, a little more involved with them, and it grew into a pretty good partnership. And we show with them and. Uh, it's it's worked well. They're they're tremendous people to be involved with. So. You have any so who you have ahead, any foals coming this year at all, Steve, or do you not do a whole lot of breeding anymore? Yeah, we still do quite a lot, really. We I probably got forty horses around here, forty five. I'm not sure somewhere in there, but we'll have. I mean, a little bit low on foals this year. We'll only have two or three, I guess, this year. But uh, I, I've sold some red mares, and then I have three or four open mares too. So we'll breed about, I plan on breeding eight or 10 mares for another year, but I keep two studs here and well, a group of mares and then a few to show. And of course, with that, you'll have a group of yearlings and a group of two-year-olds and whatnot, whatnot coming on through. But so, yeah, we just keep working away at it anyway on the breeding side of things. So, What are, uh, who are some of the more, you mentioned your grandfather, kind of the, the start of it. And, and I'm sure your father, uh, you have a pretty historical brother named Barry as well. Uh, you have cousins and, and I think you have a niece that I know she helps Mark. 
with Burger Barn, uh, Clark and Louie. And I mean, you got lots of, of family involved, uh, along with your family and, and just name some of the people. I know you're pretty close with like a guy like Keith Hobden, some of them, uh, you, you mentioned Harry Farr earlier, just name some of the guys that are, are the more influential guys to your, uh, career. And, and when you're coming up through shoeing and, and showing horses and doing all that breeding, uh, who were the people that were, were real influential, influential to you? Well, you know, if, yeah, obviously your, you know, your family is probably as much as anything. My grandfather was, was a good horseman and, and, uh, you know, always showed and helped us a lot. But when I did start shoeing, um, I was pretty fortunate to get to work for some guys like Bill Hughes, uh, Keith Obden, Niall Shantz, Oh, Bill Taylor and Archie Taylor, excuse me. And, uh, a a bunch of good horsemen, Doug Palmer guys that had the Beatty brothers, guys that had done most of their own work and shoeing over the years and understood it well. And obviously knew quite a lot. Like I said, I was very fortunate to get to work for these guys and then with them a bit, but Keith Obden was one, was one guy that I did a lot of work for. I, you know, probably shoe a hundred horses a year there and not very many of them twice because they were going through there that fast. But he, I helped Keith with, you know, at some shows too, occasionally now and again. And he was a pretty smart man. In fact, I think he was a lot of years ago was a little ahead of his time, but uh, handled a lot of horses and was tremendous horseman. He's just one of them guys you, you needed to listen to and pay attention and you could learn a lot from, but he, and then, you know, he, he was, pretty inspirational to me as far as you know the, the dealing of horses too and handling horses that way and you know we've we we trade a few horses here too now and again and and i remember just a lot of things he's taught me and told me and and uh, just try to apply them i guess so Plan ahead for the Young Living Fall Festival and Draft Horse Show at the Young Living Lavender Farm and Distillery in Mona, Utah, September 24th through the 26th. This beloved tradition for both locals and visitors is a family-friendly way to settle into the fall season. Not only do these three days offer nonstop fun like jousting, pony rides, two exclusive concerts, and two PRCA rodeos, but as you tour the farm, you'll also get an insider's look at the Seed to seal quality commitment that sets Young Living apart and guarantees the premium essential oil Young Living is known for. The festival celebrated Draft Horse Show will host 18 of the top pitches from around the country driven by expert teamsters. These gentle giants will demand your attention with power and pure majesty. There's so much to do and see at the Fall Festival and Draft Horse Show, so come explore, discover, and make some memories with your family. I heard a story about Keith back a few years ago and I mean, he's, he's passed on now recently, but he was probably mm-hmm. what in his, in his mid eighties and he had five gallon pails of sand. He'd walk around his basement carrying these five gallon <laughs> pails full of sand to keep himself in yeah. shape. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was a tough, he was a tough man. Like he wasn't very big, but he was strong <laughs> and he, uh, yeah, like he, in the winter to keep in shape and he didn't want to let on to anybody that he was trying to. So he would walk in the basement and carry pails and he could, he could curl five gallon pails of sand <laughs> in his eighties. Just so he just, oh, if I don't do that, I can't hold on to these pulling horses. Cause he'd, he'd switched from show horses to pulling horses for 20 years in there, I guess. But yeah, he was, uh, he was a unique, there will be another one, not another one like Keith. I, I actually picked up his last pair of horses. So really, I heard another story mm. with Keith. He was shoeing on his own and he was, yeah, he was like 80 years old and he was shoeing a horse in the stocks. He couldn't get his foot, he couldn't get his foot up. So he hooked the lawn tractor on through a pulley <laughs> <laughs> and he put the lawn tractor in gear where it would drive away and pull this horse's foot up so he could shoe it. He had it. In his oh yeah. <laughs> I've seen him do that years ago too when I was there. And, uh, I was, uh, and he, uh, yeah, he'd do that. And when he, when the foot was up in place, he didn't even stop the lawn tractor. He just let it sit there, 
chewing away on this mental, you got the thing tied there. (laughs) 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 One time him and I had a horse. Oh, we get into some free, like the the first 20 years that I shot horses, you know, there was no drugs that we were using. We were, you know, and very few people had stocks. So you, you know, you kind of cowboyed your way through them and you figured out how to shoot them. But Keith did have a set of stocks built in the barn there that was, they weren't the best set, but they worked, but they were permanent in the ground. And one time we had a horse and got a little bit excited in there and ended up upside down backwards and on his back and couldn't, there he was locked and he'd give up, he'd kind of give up, couldn't get out. And I said, well, what are we going to do now, Keith? And he said, well, we're going to pull him out of here. Well, couldn't get nothing near the place, like no tracker. So we got, he says, we get a horse on the other side here, Belgian gelding, throw a harness on him pull this horse out of here. So I grabbed the horse through harness on. He's getting this thing rigged up on this horse to pull him out of there. Well, we should have put a bridle on the horse. We didn't. And so I just got the horse by the head, back him in, hook onto this gelding, tell him to go. Well, he pulls the gelding out of the stocks, but it, this, <laughs> this horse coming behind him scared him a little. And I mean, away we went around the barn. He's yelling at me to stop. And I was trying. Finally, I got the horse around the post and got stopped. He's he's just shaking and snorting there's others just floundering around finally we got him up and put him back in stock and shooting him <laughs> yeah yeah it was oh yeah there was lots of interesting days there and keith was he'd buy a lot of horses out of the like out of ohio and indiana and amish and bring three or four year old geldings home and and you know make sure horses out of them a lot of them whatever but most of them you know hadn't had really any handling at all and um, Keith was good. I mean, he could get them rolled and broke and do lots of start, whatever needed to be done. But the shooting end of it was, it was tough. Like you, you, they didn't know much about it. And we didn't, you know, it was basically ropes and whatever you took to muscle your way through them. But, but, uh, anyways, it was, it was good work for a lot of years. So that guy. Is that kind of where you, you learned your buy and sell? program i know when we used to show clyde's that if you needed a clyde gelding the first number you'd call was yours uh and keith he he probably i think there was years where he would sell like three or four hundred head of horses just yeah he went through a lot yeah for sure yeah they said uh one guy Lindsay told me that the the, when he was 85 he he lived lived till he's 90 but when he was 85 that he sold his age in horses that year holy cow that's impressive 85 head when he was 85 yeah, that is like, like I say there'd be nobody else ever follow this guy. I don't like to I mean I shouldn't say nobody else, but I mean it's pretty amazing what he handled over the years, you know. So, and he was known everywhere and well respected. And like he told me a few things, like he says, just be honest, man, with your deal. And like he said, you can't. It's pretty easy to get a bad name when you're trading horses without trying. So you, you might as well do her and call her, you know. And want to, you know, call it the way it is and be that way because he said. You know, they're, they're going to try to find fault with you. So, but another thing was just, you know, stand behind your horses. Like if there's a problem, take them back, get them another one, you know, like don't. And I've tried to do that too, or I've always said I would, you know, and in most cases you don't have to, and probably hardly ever, but you know, it just puts confidence in people too, when you're, when you're trading with them for sure. So, and, and putting a proper value on, on an animal, like, I, I mean, anymore nowadays, that's a, that's a pretty gray area and it can be hard to tell, but I mean, if you're, if you're involved in it enough, you can, it like, I feel like I can put a value where I think the horse is worth, you know, anyway. So, but of course right now you never know. It just moves around a little more. There are some pretty highs and lows in this, in this game anymore, but, mm-hmm. but if you do that in, in the long run, people respect what you're asking them for them. Harold Harold Schumacher always said, "You can shear a sheep many times, but you can only skin them once." That's right. (laughs) Exactly. You know that kind of thing for sure. For sure. Yeah. We would also like to thank Penwoods Pertruns, specializing in ship chilled semen. Once again, with a powerful stallion lineup here in 2021. If you have some mares at home that need bread, make sure you check them out. They have the Tripcrest Ladies Man Horse, Bellevue Crown Royal, Thunderhill Crosby, Recount, list goes on and on. Check them out on Facebook, or you can call them 814-364-9917 or 814-364-2183. Chad and Ronicole, Penwoods Pertrons.
No, it's uh, I know it's yeah, Keith was Keith was a big inspiration to me. So what stuff? What are um what are some of the changes you've seen over the years as far as shoeing wise go, show wise, and all that stuff? What what are some of the biggest changes you've seen? Well, and Mark, a lot of the changes have been good. I mean, they're the horses are definitely more athletic, bigger, and you know, long neck hitchier type horses than there ever was years ago. I mean, years ago you'd see the occasional one of those horses, but you know, not a lot. And uh, people didn't push that either. Like, I mean, they weren't checked the same. They weren't shot as big and heavy as they are now. So your motion and your hitchiness wasn't near, obviously near as near as much of it as there is now. Uh, the horses and said like there, but there wasn't the choice of that type of horse years ago either. Now that choice is there a lot more, you know, there's big long necked horses that are geared to be hitch horses. I see that as a major change in it. And now obviously that's, you know, credit back to the breeders to make that type of horse. But I mean, most changes have went in the, in the plus side, I'd say on the shoeing end of it. I mean, if like 35, 40, 30 years ago, 35, 40, the shoeing was pretty basic. I mean, there was, you know, I know the first five, 10 years we shot, if you put a pad on in front and none behind, that was pretty standard. And then we went with the, it was a big move when you went to two pads in front and uh, one behind, you know, and, but still just a standard, you know, shoe that fits the horse, scotch type shoe, but not, not overdone. Now there's, now it's pushed to me, bring plenty extreme on some, a lot of them are still very well shod and, you know, and, and whatever, but it, it certainly changed in, or it certainly made a lot more work for it. You know, when you're stacking them up on two or three pads and longer shoes and just more work to the job. But, um, some, I mean, I don't, I'd be a little cautious how I say this because lots of guys do, you can shoe them extreme, but still do a good job. Um, but there's just a few of the basics in horseshoeing that, really all if you stick to it you'll keep you could be able to make an animal last for a long time like we used to take a little bit of pride in you know horses that are 12 15 or 16 or 18 years old and they're still going they're still sound and you've shod them for that all the years they were showing um some stuff that gets done if they get overdone then it can you know it could, could possibly shorten their careers it's not going on all of them but it will on some but um, that's probably one of the changes that's it's been it's been good but some guys maybe overdo it or tend to a little but i mean right now there's no guidelines there's no rules it's just do what you want i mean so and if it's winning it's going to be done mm-hmm. it's kinda, and then, then there's there's lots of other changes too but that's probably one of the major ones but there is you know there's just a greater selection of horses now like uh, you know, you, I remember going to Columbus horse sale 30 years ago, 35 or 40 with Keith or Donnie, some of them guys. And, uh, you know, you might see one or two geldings go through the ring that were now at Gordyville. You'd see, you know, 40 of those type of horses, you know, they just weren't there. So, And I think like you What's said, the- that's, that's credited a lot to the breeders. I think just the people raising them, Mm-hmm. Um, especially I've seen down around this area, you go to the horse sales and, and they're just bringing a better horse overall and they're breeding for a better horse. Yeah, exactly. Better horses, better, and they're better, pre- I don't better know, prep, better, better presented, present it. Yeah. better broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like years ago at them sales, you, you wouldn't see, you'd see a few horses hooked, but not very many. I mean, it was just, you found one in the stall and they let him up and down. Whatever, you took a chance how he drove and you got him home. You know, now everything gets hooked at the sales. It's, you know, in that program of getting hitched, you know. So it's been quite a change that way, which has been to the good side. I mean, that's why you see the prices you do. I mean, people can see what they're getting. Yeah, for sure. Now you got the pictures on Facebook and the videos and people yeah. go out to the farms yeah. to see him before the sale. and and uh, Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah.
If you're looking for high-quality, custom patent leather show harness, look no further than Shanahan Harness, located in Huntsville, Ohio, with over 50 years of harness-making experience. Call Dan Shanahan, 937-686-5202. Once again, Shanahan Harness, 937-686-5202, or visit them online at shanahanharness.com. What are some of the more influential horses you've had breeding and hitch and, and whether Belgians, Clydesdales, Perchins, whatever you've, you've, you've dealt with a lot of them, but what are some of the more influential horses in your, that you've had through your, through your career here? Well, I mean, we, we've always stood a stud or two on the Clyde side of things for years. I've been just always who I have had. And, um, I mean, we've had studs that have done a better job than others, but there was a couple of studs over the years that I think really helped us a lot. One was Dura Sensation, an old, older, he was a 15 year old horse, actually, when I got him from Live Oak. And uh, he was, he done a lot of good. He bred working mares here for six years before we lost him. And he done me a lot of good on the breeding side of things. And then there was another stallion, Inspector Floss, that was raised a lot of hitch horses. And we lost the horse and i thought well oh we never kept the son of his we were gelding them all because they were easy to sell as geldings well then i thought well when we lost him we'll just go and uh we'll find a stud somewhere in the country off him to replace him with there wasn't any everybody had gelded them and all pictures of was a stud off that horse left but he was good he was like uh left a lot of nice hitch horses um and then in the mayor side of things there's been a few come and go but a few years ago, or the last few years, we showed a mare called Calico Isabel that was a lot of fun to show and done a lot of winning. And pretty smart mare. It's just, I've always thought if you had a barn full of that kind, you'd have a lot of fun with them, you know. So, but uh, you know, there's there's been lots around and lots I enjoyed, but those are two or three that have been, been uh, you know, something that you probably just never forget anyway. And in the Belgians with Fars, I mean, we, uh, uh, yeah, obviously the gelding hitches, you're going to be changing horses now and again, but there was one gelding, uh, we got him when he was a three-year-old and I showed him till he's 15, I believe we used him in the lead for a few years and then in the swing the last couple of years. And he, we won at that time, the light, the Royal Winter Fair, there was two, two gelding team classes, like a light and heavy draft, but Harry actually won the, the light draft team class 10 years in a row at the Royal. And that horse was in it every time. He had three different mates with him over the years, but he was in yeah. there every time. Huh. That's pretty <laughs> yeah, impressive. Just, I mean, what was always there was. What was yeah, his name? Was pretty neat horse. Tim, we called him. Uh, kind of horse with a little bit of roan in him and a little Roman nose. And uh, oh, I struggled with his wind. We'd had him wind surgery a couple of times, but oh, we could usually get it through. And but yeah, he uh, he, he he was. Uh, yeah, it's just not saying he was by whatever the best Belgian gelding out there, but he was pretty consistent. And then I took him to Calgary. <clears throat> the only time we ever took for his horse to Calgary. And I took him as a spare. So of course he was getting to be, I don't know, 13 or 14. And I had a, got another lead horse from Mark, uh, from Mark Barry, put with another horse I had. So that was going to be the lead team. And Tim was a spare. Well, I got out there and I hooked a couple classes and I thought, well, I hate to leave this horse out, so I put him in the left swing, the six, and he was just un, unreal in there. He was outstanding. He really didn't want to be in there, but he tried pretty hard. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, we ended up with champion six, and, and he went as a spare, you know, and then I ended up using him in there all that year. I think that was in uh, maybe 2000 or 2001 or something like that. And uh, and I think we may, I'm not sure certain, but we may have ended up about second in the classic finals that year with that horse in there and I never used him there for, you know, 10 or 12 years and found out he was probably better there than he was in the lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our sponsor, J.W. Scud, is North America's leading source for your new custom-built show wagons, used hitch wagons, and practice wagons as well. Located in the rolling hills of West Michigan, we have been an industry leader and family-owned and operated for many decades. Follow us on Facebook at JW Scott Custom Wagons or call the shop at 
<laughs> and Steve, um, you just brought up the classic finals. How many years did you make the finals with FARS? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I'm not even sure. We were like, I was helping Harry when that basically got started. Or I remember being in a meeting in Florida with when Dr. Weber brought it up and, you know, propo- the proposal deal with it. And, and that had to be in 80 nine or 88 or nine or whenever that was somewhere. Yeah. I believe it was, it was around 80. the 88, late eighties, 89. <laughs> yeah. Cause the first year there was just like a little circuit. They planned, maybe they'd done it for two years. It was like great lakes, uh, Washington, New York, and then back to the Royal, but it only involves six hitches. <clears throat> and we were in at those at least, well, I think it was twice. We did that. Anyways, that was kind of the first, couple goals of it and then after that it evolved to a little more like it is today but it's um we made it most years in the belgians that we try to think but we may have missed a year or two there but but quite a but if i remember right there's quite a 12 yeah quite a few times i made the yeah we were probably in a 12 or 14 times something like that and Um, and oh here he was quite go ahead well, for people that don't know, like Fars, there was a, it was a uh, Ontario-based hitch. Did you guys spend the winters in Florida, or did you just always go down to the Florida shows? Um, Harry himself, they had a place in Florida, so he uh, he was quite interested in first of all just staying there for the winter, and then it, once he built a barn, he kept the horses there, or he would take them down, and we'd spend a chunk of the winter with them there. I just go back and forth. I didn't stay down all the time, but um, yeah, that right from the very first live Oak show, um, he was involved in it. Actually, I was showing a Belgian hitch. I did for Doc Sieber and that was an 88. And then uh, Harry was there with his Belgians. And then he, I helped him from then on, but we don't think he missed any of the live Oak shows. I'm sure he was at all of them. Um, but yeah, he would spend the, spend the winter in Florida and drive teams and, I just go down and you go back and forth and and what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. The Redrive is also brought to you by Topeka Livestock Auction and Topeka Draft Horse Auction. Three great draft horse auctions to choose from throughout the year. You have the Spring Draft Horse Sale, the Seymour Draft Horse Sale, and the Fall Topeka Draft Horse Auction. For more information, follow them on Facebook or their website, TopekaLivestock.com. The next draft horse auction coming up is the Seymour Draft Horse Sale, which is June 3rd through the 5th. So um, there, there's a rumor to be told now. Was that with Harry Farr or yourself, or one time maybe you didn't check a bridge on with your semi or something? <laughs> Can you elaborate on that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was kind of a hot day, so I so I thought if we took the roof off the top of the trailer, the horses got a little more. <laughs> actually it was uh it was coming out of hamburg new york and we it was just one of them years we probably shouldn't have been showing nothing went (laughs) we were having things happen at almost every show we started out we went to jordan minnesota that summer or yeah up at jordan i had a young horse up on the lead and he was not just uh, doing everything he should all the time but anyways that horse got hairy down and tramped all over hairy there and when he was on the lead of the six just down outside so then that smashed area up pretty good for a while that summer so but he still was wanting us to chase points so we could make it into the classic finals so come home from there and we go to hamburg new york well it's just a one-day show but it was a classic show or point show so go over there show them and when i went into the show that day with the horses early in the morning i mean we just come off interstate 90 in hamburg it's pretty simple Get in the showgrounds, so we show it all day. We go leave that night. Well, they we couldn't go back out the same way they went in. They changed some streets to one ways, so it was no big deal this time. You go out there and you'll see the sign for the highway. Well, it turned out it was a big deal. I <laughs> see the sign of the highway and I head down there. <laughs> it was dark and it was like a railway bridge that was like ground level, but the road went down underneath it. 
Well, I guess I missed the first sign that said 12, six or whatever it said on it. I seen it on the bridge and I was up to about, I don't know, 40 mile an hour by then. Oh. And I, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it got pretty loud for a couple of minutes there. Peeled the whole roof off her in the back doors. <laughs> so we got out the other side. And Jason was with me. My son. <laughs> Jason was with me and he was probably only 12 or 14 years old. And and he was wondering what all happened. I said, well, I don't think it's very good. So we got the car and <laughs> We were starting to draw a bit of attention. It was dark, so it was like I was hoping nobody would hit all this stuff laying on the road. But anyways, that. nothing happened that way. So I remember Ron Farr was following Harry's boy with a pickup, and he, he's kind of whatever. So him and uh, he went back home. We weren't that far from Farr. It's like an hour and a half home or an hour home. So. Anyways, he went back to get a gooseneck and another neighbor with a gooseneck come and rescue all these horses. Well, the fire department showed up and it was a big deal. They had lights everywhere and for sirens going everything. Well, they, the door was jammed into the trailer, but I had already been in with the horses because one had got down. And I'd been in and got him up, kind of just climbed over the side. But anyways, this fireman, he was going to pry the door open. And I said, well, that's a great idea. We've got to get it open anyway. <laughs> and he's like, and you better get out of the way because then we're going to give them, then we're going to take these horses out of this trailer. And I said, well, why are we going to do that? And he said, well, case of fire. And I said, well, it should be safe if there's a fire. You guys are all here. Anyways, this guy was pretty adamant. He was pretty ignorant. He was going to, he was bound. We had to unload doors. And I said, I don't think you should. And there's a couple other guys there. And, uh, and I knew two or three of these geldings. There was one in there. He was a snorty son of a. And I said, well, if, if for that horse, he gave, I knew what I didn't say, but if he gets out of this trailer and all this light show and sirens, he ain't going to hang around here long. <laughs> so I said to the guy, what's our, it's all right if you want to do this, but you can hold on to them. He's like, oh, what do you mean? I said, oh, I don't want no part of it. <laughs> He's like, well, and then one other guy says, I think we should listen to this guy. And he said, hey, tell you what, boys, you're on our, you are not unloading these horses. They're staying in there till we get another trailer here. But anyways, yeah, it was, it was uh, kind of hectic. So we, then we took, I don't know, we got home from there. Of course, here he still wanted to show horses because we had to get points to board a trailer from somebody and kept going. Went to New York. I don't know, something happened there too. But yeah, it was uh, quite a show. But anyways, we did. We actually qualified that fall to go. I think it was in Big E was the final. But anyways, my dad passed away just about the time of the show. So we, we didn't end up getting to the show, but we were qualified that year too. So but, You went yeah, through all was, that uh, to get qualified. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Never give up, man. Yeah. <laughs> get to them sixes. <laughs> so, no, it was good. Yeah, but yeah, there's... That was a quite a deal, that deal. Can you tell us a story about the 72-ounce steak in Amarillo? <laughs> well, I was going from Denver. We were, yeah, we went to Denver that winter. Then we're going, that, they used to have a show in Fort Worth, Texas, and it followed Denver. So we've done it for two or three years, I guess. Go out to Denver and down to Fort Worth. Well, there wasn't much time between Denver and Fort Worth, but it's probably 900 miles. But anyways, we uh, head down through there, and Harry thought he, of course, he had a bus business. He'd been all over the country with the tours, so he knew all the places to eat. So he says, well, there's this good steakhouse in Amarillo. So we'll try to get in there, and, and so that's good. Fine. Sounds good to me. We'll get there. Well, they had this deal. 72-ounce steak, and you can, you can have it for free if you could eat it. So I took a look at it. They had it on display there of the thing. I said, hell, that doesn't look that hard. But anyways, she's, uh, it was a challenge, but I did get through it. Jesus Christ. Is your picture there? still on the wall in Amarillo? Or what? <laughs> Could be. I got a big certificate and I got a, I joined the 72 ounce steak club and they said it's equivalent <laughs> to 23 Big Macs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember going, that was like, what, every one evening we were heading on through to, to Fort Worth, and I stopped, we left, whatever, stop at two or three in the morning, whatever, checking horses, and I grabbed a coffee from this place, and I was like, I drank the coffee, and I felt like I was just as full as when I ate the steak. Holy Jesus, that's a lot of food. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I got another one. Tell us a story about picking up the photographer in Detroit. Uh, yeah, that was a bit of a shock too. Yeah, that was with uh, Steve Lewis's Clyde Six, and I was helping Harry at the time actually. And it's a good thing it wasn't Harry's outfit because we had a horse on the lead called Bullet, and he he wouldn't bother this horse to kick you, especially if you got in back in the wrong time and around beside him. But anyways. I didn't have him there. I had Steve six and it, there's about four or five Clyde sixes in the ring. And we were coming down one side and there was a lead horse of Steve's. that was a little tricky to deal with. And I was kind of concentrating on him pretty good. Anyways, uh, I hear like they start the reverse in the class and the photographer was on Schatzberg, Jack Schatzberg. Was good. Anyways, he's out in there while well, he's, trying to take a picture of a horse or a, it's actually Argonaut share fit coming across the middle. So he's backing up with the camera in his face. And I didn't, I mean, I never even seen him really. I never, I, like the last thing I really look for is a photographer out there. It's like, they, if they're out there, they better look after themselves. I figure, but anyways, this guy obviously was backing up and he was getting pretty close to being in front of us when I'm coming down one side I'm not really thinking. I'm just looking through here, kind of concentrating on the horses. Well, I hear the crowd kind of start to get a little loud. And I'm so I'm thinking somebody's got a problem somewhere in the ring, like there's a, you know, issues or something going on. So I, I look around, like a just kind of quick look around and see what's going on. Well, everybody looks good. And I look back and here's this guy. <laughs> he's got a hold of both the trays carriers on the inside of the lead team. And he's getting the double trees right in the back. <laughs> He's going long, and I'm like, I'm like, where the hell did he come from? And Megan Roy was riding with me. She's like, just, oh my God, she's going going into shock there on the wagon. And I'm like, oh, whatever. So I got stopped. I mean, as soon as you could, and he climbed out of there. But it's a good thing he didn't fall down because I just ran over him with the whole deal. But anyways, he come out. He was okay. I think out of it. But yeah, he was. Uh, I'm sure he was a little nervous. He should have been for a few minutes. <laughs> so you picked yeah, up you the photographer the right in the middle of your lead team. Yeah. Oh, yeah you got to read him back in. Uh, and lucky, lucky he got a hold of something and got, he stayed on his feet, but he was holding on to the truck, two trace inside trace carriers and the double tree had him in the back, kind of dragging him along. Uh, it's like, what the hell? <laughs> How'd you finish up in the class? Should have got some good the pictures judge. in there. <laughs> <laughs> actually there's somebody got a video of it uh, i think sherry lewis might have it yet i don't know i don't know if she the, ju- not, the judge surely didn't uh stop you from uh it, no no i don't think it hurt us the class yeah you know and i don't even i think there was five six that i'm really not I'm still not sure how we did but i can't remember <laughs> now but <laughs> it was well i seen the guy oh about oh, five years later i was judging ohio state fair and he was a photographer there well, I mean, sometimes you just get a little time between classes or waiting on something and chatting away to him a little bit. Well, he got telling me the story. And so I let him talk for a while about it. And I said, yeah, I know I was there. He goes, oh, you seen it? I said, oh, yeah, I seen it already. <laughs> <laughs> seen it right from the wagon seat. <laughs> <laughs> We would like to thank Ship Shawana Harness and Supply in Ship Shawana, Indiana, Mr. Bob Schrock. If you're looking for products for the show ring or at the farm from A to Z, anything you need, horse nutrition, tack, you name it, make sure you check them out, shipshawanaharness.com. Follow them on Facebook or visit their shop in beautiful Ship Shawana, Amish country, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 4 p.m., and Saturday, 8 a.m. till 12 noon. Call Mr. Bob Schrock, 260-768. 7254 for all your draft horse needs. Yeah, he was a pretty lucky boy that day because if he had went down, Steve, at that time, Steve Lewis had a pretty good Clyde outfit in there, but he had one big wheel horse that was a bit clumsy. And I thought if that guy had went down, by the time he got back to the wheel team, he'd have tripped over him. And like they had wheel horse down too. <laughs> But anyways, the guy came out of it fine, and yeah, I'm sure he was a little nervous for a bit there. But anyways, it all come good. Would have been a little nervous too. <laughs> what uh, I'm sure you've all the years of showing and being on the road. I'm sure you have many a story. We could probably sit here for hours and uh, 
hear Steve Gregg's stories. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, lots of them aren't very exciting, but there is lots of things that have happened for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what, uh, you said you have some uh, horses coming to the Clyde sale? Um, yeah, we have three three mares going. Kind of three um, mares going. To talk a little couple. bit about those. Um, I got uh, two four-year-old mares and a three-year-old mare. Uh, a couple big mares. Good, useful, one big wheel mare. Should make a wheel mare, breed mare type. And then a, a smaller lead type mare that uh, th- th- this year at the Clyde Sale, they've, oh, they've, I know, it's a kind of a cart challenge class they've added. They're, you know, one for mares and geldings and, and whatnot. So the, the, the one four-year-old mare I'm taking, I'll have her in that. And I think she's the, should be a pretty serious con- contender in it, you know. So mm-hmm. I probably should be keeping her to use ourselves, but she's a, I mean, we've got a, quite a selection of mares around here right now. So, I mean, some I've, I've tried to pretty well. I don't think we've really ever missed too much. Maybe some real earlier, like a lot of years ago when the Clyde sale was on. But probably for the last thirty years, I've tried to make a point of you know taking something to the U.S. sale and supporting it. And um, over the years, we've had some pretty good luck. I mean, you know, some years better than others, but um, we had real success there with mares. So you know on occasion sometimes there anyway so um and it's i try to take you know pretty good ammo hopefully somebody else thinks it is too and, and they'll uh yeah i know you guys well or sell well and do well, so. you guys always bring good horses and <clears throat> clyde sales most certainly always a lot of fun so it's your that quite you had event, a, really you know it's, you had a great run there you pretty well topped that sale uh quite a few years in a row there didn't you yeah, we got fortunate there for a few years in a row with some mares, and um, yeah, probably five or six years in a row. They used to run a show with the sale, and uh, like a halter show, and I think we had champion mare five years in a row at the show, and uh, and we're fortunate enough for them mares went on to be, well, if they weren't the top sellers in the sale, they were close anyway, you know, so. But uh, yeah, it's been the sales been good to us over the years. And, pays to have a good well, one, I right? Enjoyed it, and usually, what's that? I said it pays to have a good one, right? Might as well feed a good. One. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, and then sometimes you think you do, and it is just when you get them out in the crowd, it's not quite as good as it needs to be. But, but it's yeah, yeah. The good ones will get found, and they will sell. You know, it's in this last while, it's actually been. I mean pleasantly surprising i guess for me i thought with i had a bad feeling last year with this you know this covid deal and shows you know being put off or canceled or whatever that you know the industry might get pretty quiet and pretty soft but it's almost been the opposite there's quite a lot of interest for horses and and uh um, you know been moving a few and it's it's uh it's been good in the clyde sale seems like there's a fair bit of interest i don't know how many people will get um it's hard to get as you know enough you know the Clyde breeds a, a smaller in general with people and horses than the other two breeds but but um you know well, I guess as long as you get the right people there it's a big thing but um I you just gotta hope, hope it'll work well this year again for them so yeah I agree with you it kind of seems like people are or the way the market is that you kind of think it would go the opposite way but people are eager to mm-hmm. bar and the market's strong and and horses are it definitely is, yeah. horses are definitely bringing good, but no, we uh, we definitely hope that the border can open up soon, and so everything as far as the draft horse world is showing and sales get mm. back to normal. Because I know uh, I miss seeing everybody from up there, and I miss going up there, and and uh, it's always a lot of fun getting together, and uh, just kind of yeah. puts a damper yeah. on it because it's the people that make the industry, and uh, if you can't get together, yeah, it's not sure. a whole lot of fun, but. Yep. Yep. But anyway, so Steve, uh, thanks. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining us and being here on the redrive on the show. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time and, uh, enjoyed uh, speaking with you. Oh, that's great. And, uh, I'm honored to be asked. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, just pleasure to do any input for the draft or side of things. Anyway, any, well, this we is have- a great thing you got going here. So, so. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, Kyle as well, thanks for joining us. And, uh, yeah, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. You bet. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you again. Yep.